They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Hello, and welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. Today, the guy we are going to know is Joe Bernstein. He is on a mission to co-create a world of love and liberation through transformative relationships, experiences, and community. Joe coaches amazing humans. They are often successful business owners, executives in tech, top individual performers, leaders, creatives, entrepreneurs, or anyone who wants a lit-up life. He helps his clients let go of overthinking and using stress as a motivator to live a life where they are rooted in a clear head, an open heart, and solid guts. And he has an incredible story we're going to get into in a minute. But Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share some of my stories, some of my insights, and just talk to your audience, see if we can light them up a little bit, you know? I do like lighting people up in a good way. Yeah. Not like actually lighting them on fire, but, you know, putting <laughs> no, the fire no. in them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so tell us, well, let's get started with, speaking of lighting up, what makes you awesome, Joe? You know, um, paradoxically, I think I'm pretty awesome because I don't really feel much of a need to tell people why I'm awesome. Mm. Um, that being said... You know, I, I, I have a lot of people that reflect to me what they experience, what they value in relationship with me. And I'm often told that I have an inspiring story. Um, I'm often told that I elicit a level of calm and confidence when people are in very uncertain moments or times in their life. Mm. Uh, and then I listen very deeply, many layers below the surface and, and help people get permission to follow the, the road less traveled, to do what they're passionate about, to live unarmored, uncaged, authentically. Um, and I tend to think I'm awesome because I have a beautiful life that I love and I follow my own values and my own mission. And I, The only person I answer to in this world is, is really myself, but then a bigger picture that I see is like what the collective needs in the world, right? Moving towards my ethics, my values, my morals, whenever possible. So I felt really lucky to be able to do that. Mm, yes. Yeah. And, and you mentioned... Um, you know, drop the arm because your your or your company is called Drop the Armor Wellness. Yeah, um, which it sounds like a very, you know, j just that name kind of evokes a concept that I think is important for a lot of people, especially men. Um, you know, we tend to kind of hide behind a certain carapace and mm -hmm. and not uh, not reveal things, which is not always to our best interest. Um, so you have quite a story about mm. how you got started, and and part of the the concept with this third season of the podcast is. I wanted to share stories where people could see themselves in it and yeah. then see where the guest is now and say, oh, you can get from where I am to where, where he is or she is. And um, I want to get there. So, so share with us your story and yeah. and what people might learn from it to, to do what you did. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, where I'll start is actually like 2012. I was having a rough time in life. Like I was just, I was struggling. But before we go there, uh, I'll tell you a little bit of background, a little context for who I was and who, who I am. Um, at a very young age, there are all kinds of socialization and parenting, and I have awesome parents, but 
I really adopted beliefs about the world not being safe. I adopted beliefs about me being pretty mediocre um, and that it was unsafe to take risks and go after what we want and that it was really just, it's not worth the discomfort of creating a great life for whatever reason. I just made those beliefs up. I, you know, I absorbed them from the consciousness. I saw my parents' high levels of anxiety and decided that like life is simple. Um, it shouldn't, we shouldn't take too many risks. And I struggled a lot with uh, emotional numbing and really my whole family did. And luckily I don't have like a lot of addicts in my family, except for the fact that we were pretty addicted to like TV and food and buffets. And so by the time I was 17, I was over 300 pounds. Uh, I, I have, I think pretty, pretty strong intelligences, but not necessarily the way that they're recognized in academia. And so I just was like a B student at best. I, I didn't try very hard and apply myself. I could just show up, listen, and get Bs. So I didn't try very hard. I didn't really like focus on being academically successful or professionally successful. Uh, and, and I also just simply, because of my weight and because of some of the things I saw in the world around what people who carried extra body weight, what their value was uh, on like the sexual marketplace, on the romantic marketplace. I just thought that I wasn't good enough to ever find love and I wouldn't have a family. Now, now fast forward a little bit. Somehow in my 20s, I stumbled my way into a career that I was very passionate about, very good at managing retail stores for Bose Corporation. Uh, I found myself married uh, and in a pretty decent life, like pretty comfortable uh, somehow I had a, a career I enjoyed. I had a partner. Uh, you know, we, we had a really good life. We traveled well. We owned our condo. We fostered pit bulls. Like, I'm sorry, we, we had our stuff, right? Um, but I was really always afraid of like rocking the boat, taking risks. And I compromised my values daily just to hold on to a stable career and just to have anyone in my life that would love me. Right? So, Essentially, I had been obese my whole life and just assumed it would be that way, but I started running into really big health scares, and I was like 29, 30 years old at the time. Uh, I had a huge experience with kidney stones that were recurring, and I had to have a really terrible surgery. I was starting to have like back problems and foot problems and knee problems from standing on a sales floor at 340 pounds and, and sometimes, you know, between like 300 and 340 pounds in my 20s. Um, and at the same time, I had realized that I'd been in my career for over 10 years and I was starting to lose passion. I didn't want my, I didn't want my district manager's job. I was like really clear about that. So I had no more ladder to climb at 27, 28, 29 years old. My growth had stalled. My passion had stalled. And for the first time I realized like, Hey, I might not work for this company the rest of my life, but here I'm a guy who's like not finished college and has no other options in my mind. Um, and at the same time, this is all like the summer of 2012 where I'm, I'm going through the health crisis. I'm realizing my career might be up in the air soon. My uh, wife at the time walked in the door and was like, hey, I'm pretty much one foot out the door. I'm pretty much ready, almost ready for divorce. So life was just falling apart. Here I am, 30 years old. Life is just crumbling around me. And luckily, the next six wet months, my life went really terrible. I mean, they just didn't go well. Um, the health crisis has continued. I didn't, I didn't turn my life around health wise. Uh, I didn't find I the spark again. Said, I love you said, <laughs> luckily the next six months went terrible. Yeah. That part's coming. The luckily yep. part, like the reason why it was great for me yep. because, you know, sometimes we need to hit a rock bottom and, and I didn't hit a rock bottom where I went bankrupt and I was addicted and I found myself waking up in strangers homes. I didn't hit that kind of rock bottom, which I have friends who've done that. 
But I hit a rock bottom where the mediocre life that I thought I would never have, that I somehow put together, completely fell apart, and it was for my benefit. My wife did decide after some couples therapy she wanted to get a divorce, and my work performance started to get worse because passion was just waning. So here I am, like, faced with a crossroads. I could either continue along the path that my 17-year-old self saw as, like, Oh, it'll be mediocre. I'll be alone. I'll have some sort of job working retail or something that my body probably won't even maintain. Or I could wipe the slate clean and I could actually try to rebuild a life. And for whatever reason, it was like a giant wake up call. I went through a lot of pain. I went through, you know, a lot of grief. But within a couple of months, I came out on the other side deciding this is actually an opportunity. This is a reset button. And so I dove headfirst into personal growth. Uh, like relational, romantic, dating, and like sexual growth and expansion, started to dive into spirituality, everything I can get my hands on when it came to like human psychology, attraction, mindset, emotional intelligence, I just dug into, I'd stay up till three in the morning sometimes, even when I had to work in the morning, just reading and listening and watching and doing work, workbooks and online workshops. I just went kind of insane. Like I went crazy to try and improve my life. Um, about a year into that, I'd lost 150 pounds. I was dating with confidence and passion. My whole social life had changed. And I, and I just woke up saying, you know what? I'm, I'm not meant to be a retail sales manager the rest of my life. I'm meant to help other men go through these kinds of transformations because a lot of what I learned wasn't that complicated. It was simple. It was just a matter of applying what alternative teachers are out there teaching in the world. No one in school and most of our families and parents aren't explicitly teaching us how to be healthy, happy, you know, how to have a great romantic life, how to have great relationships, have a great social life. These are the things that school doesn't give us, right? So about, it took me about two years, but I was able to save up enough to say like, here I am. I'm 33 years old, going through divorce. We're selling all our stuff and are selling our condo. I can jump and make a leap right now. Um, and I did. I did. I had, like I said, about a year's worth of savings to live off of in my pocket. And I had a dream uh, to become a coach or a facilitator or some kind of online teacher. And I just jumped. I knew in my heart I could figure it out. Um, it was pretty naive and pretty uh, arrogant because it's been a lot harder than I imagined. But here I am pretty much almost seven years later, still doing what I love, um, still excited to help other people and help men transform in all kinds of ways. And, and I'm just really proud of the life that I've built for myself, let alone my business. So that's a little bit about the origin story. There's a lot more about how I got started, like from a business perspective, but I'll also pause there. Yeah, but no, I, I love I love that story. And I I, I wanted to to interrupt you on that, that one point about the luckily mm -hmm. you had six terrible months. Because yeah. I, I think a lot of people, uh, unfortunately not as many as should have been, but a lot of people have had that over the last 18 months, you know, through, oh, yeah. through COVID, that... You know, luckily, you know, for my business, luckily everything fell apart in 2020 because mm -hmm. I was uh, not not in to the level you were. But, you know, the business I was in, I was, I was following someone else's dream. You know, I was working mm -hmm. for it was a 1099 thing, but it was kind of not really my company or someone else's. Yeah. And I was forced to do my own thing. I was forced to develop my own path because I didn't have a choice. Everything mm -hmm. else that was distracting went away. And what I had left was finding something that would that would be powerful. And mm -hmm. so often the the greatest opportunities are those, those, uh, um, I think it's, I think it was Michael O'Brien who called them, um, what non-discretionary events. Um, <laughs> you know, the things that happen, whether it's a layoff or a divorce or a medical event that, that just wakes you up and says, all right, 
smack. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. You can't do this anymore. Um, so, so what were some of the, the most important things you learned that when you learned them, you're like, Oh, wow. I've been doing this yeah. the wrong way that, that somebody might, you know, that might hear right now and, and have that same moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so a, a few things. The, the number one is simply that I, like many people, actually believe the path that we're set on in life is who we are, right? So there were all of these behaviors, attitudes, beliefs, issues that I inherited from my family. And that, frankly, there's a lot of behaviors, attitudes, beliefs that I inherited from our dominant culture in in America, at least in the West, we'll, we'll say America, right? And so I was just on autopilot thinking this is who I am and this is how the world works and this is how it's going to be. And so the first number one thing I figured out is actually it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. People transform their lives and there are people out there teaching the skill sets and the mindsets that no one taught me. Like people were out there successfully teaching guys who didn't know how to even talk to women like myself, even though I was married, how to actually confidently move into authentic, honest, interesting conversation with people you're attracted to. There's people out there teaching how to actually flip what the diet and fitness industry tells you on on their head and how to actually eat and take care of your body with a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning that's related to your values. That's not necessarily crazy diets and P90Xing and doing all this insane exercise, running marathons there. That was the first thing is like, there's information out there. People know how to create change in our lives in a way that's not being taught. And frankly, I I love my therapist and I love the therapists I've had, but that's not what's being taught in therapy either for the most part. Not that I've tried every modality or talked to every therapist in the world, but for the most part, the world of, emotional and mental health isn't really teaching transformation per se. Mm -hmm. So, so that to me was the first number one big hit. Number two is literally that I have a body, right? So men, men out there, if you're listening, you have a body and it's not just what you used when you were in high school and were, were, you know, popular because you played football. And it's not just a thing that you use to kind of get yourself from point A to point B. It's this whole powerful, intuitive part of your being that is where all the emotions actually live, all the intuition actually lives, and is what we can really walk this world experiencing life through, not just as a burden we carry around that falls apart. So really getting into understanding the body and and experiencing embodiment was powerful. And then I'd say finally, just doing some basic men's work that taught deep emotional intelligence or what I like to now call emotional fluency. Those those were the big keys. Those were the things that kind of launched me going forward and that taught me that, oh my gosh, there's these things called emotions. There's this thing called my body and there's this thing called beliefs and finding teachers that are outside of the norm. And and that alone as as overarching, uh, as big themed as that is, is really powerful when you start to put it all together. Yeah. Uh, and that, that sounds, that sounds like some great stuff and, and a lot of stuff that men often don't hear because mm-hmm. as you know, men's a lot of, a lot of kind of posturing and gesture you know, mm-hmm. for each other. Uh, and we don't, you know, don't necessarily know how to communicate, how to talk about emotions, yeah. um, how to talk about, yeah. Cause you know, men's bodies should be big and strong and muscular and break things. Right. 
Um, or we're old and we're broken down and cause then that's cause you failed at being young. Um, right. but, but yeah, this idea of it, and there's, there's a lot of talk for, for women about empowerment and loving your body yeah. and whatnot, but you don't hear that for men as much. And I feel like this is a very important message for, for men. Um, and I think it's the same thing, you know, for a lot of women at, at they're, they're coming to their late thirties, forties and, and throwing down their, their corporate jobs and going out on their own and they're finding, finding communities, yeah. but the, the men have the same problem. They're getting through their twenties. They came out, nobody taught them what to do. Nobody gave them any mm-hmm. guidance. They were just taught to, you know, be strong. Don't cry. Um, go make some money. And, and on top of that, we have a shifting world where a lot of, you know, because of the change in work, you know, wives might make more than their husbands yeah, do. So if, you were, if you were raised to be a breadwinner and suddenly your wife's making more money than you are, right. that could be very challenging. Yeah, it's a, it's a big time of change. It's a huge time of the cultures of this world being flipped on its head. And it's, you know, the world's kind of always being flipped on its head. But really what's happening right now is the hierarchies of how the world has worked for several thousand years are just falling. They're crumbling. They're falling mm-hmm. apart. They were not built on solid foundations. And so now they no longer exist. Mm-hmm. And that leaves a lot of men going, oh, wait a second. <laughs> wait, 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 like I was a grow I grew up in this whole world where so much was accepted that's not accepted today. I grew up in this whole world where I was taught I had to be the breadwinner. But like you said, it might be hard for me to be the breadwinner at this point. I might have to swallow my pride and swallow my ego. We're growing up in a world where our father's generation, it wasn't normal even for people to get divorced, but now divorce is happening at an extremely high rate. So mm-hmm. so a lot is changing. And what I've seen is a lot of men are taught to experience the world and to see their value at what I call a head level. How smart are you? How capable are you of making things happen in the world of business? How productive are you? What do you know? Like, how smart do you sound when you open your mouth? But our, our experience of, of being a human on this planet is really much richer and we are more capable of producing, performing, providing, protecting all the peace. Um, when we actually are working to align what's in our head, but also what's in our heart. And then we have the guts to take action from the alignment of head and heart. So, so that to me is what my work is about. It's about helping two sets of men. Essentially there's sets of men that work with me that, They've been really successful materially. They've been really successful traditionally. And now they're getting to that stage in life, 40, 50, 55. And they're realizing, well, I haven't been happy a day in my life. And I'm still having trouble in relationships. And now I have all of this financial freedom, but I feel like I don't know what to do with it. So that's one segment of of men that I help where it's like they're getting to the next level of experiencing a fully successful life, not just a financially and career wise or materially successful life. Another side is kind of the younger guys, you know, I'm 40, right? And guys I'm noticing that are seven, eight, 10, 12 years younger than me, mid to late to like mid thirties or mid to late twenties and thirties, you know, there's something they're seeing. They're seeing that the generation before us is gaining material success and they're not happy. And so they're starting from a place where they're allowed to be more emotional. They're allowed to be more sensitive. They're allowed to be more 
uh, gender non-conforming. They're allowed to walk different paths, you know, and what's happening is you're still saying, well, how do I walk this path where what's important to me is, a, is integrated into a life I can create where I'm not living in my parents' basement or eating ramen noodles for the rest of my life. So, so there's like these two segments on the far opposite end of the spectrum of men out there in the world. And we're all just trying to figure out how to live a life in alignment with our values, how to understand our relationships and how to create fulfillment in a deep and meaningful way. Meaningful lives are kind of, I think, the next chapter for what men are being allowed and permitted to create in the future. Mm. And the future you know, is now. It's now. Like now it's changing so fast. We're already there. Yeah, yeah. I love what you're saying there about, about having the ability to create that meaningful life. And it's not just about what you can earn or what you can make. Mm-hmm. And there's there's more to it. And I think you're, you're totally right that the the – I think that's generation Z, um, the <laughs> early twenties, they're looking at people in their fifties and be like, you got money and you're miserable. That's stupid. I'm not going to do that. Uh, on top of the fact that often you've got money, but you're broke because right. you're making $150,000 a year. You're spending $150,000 a year and you're still miserable. Like that's not it. And then a lot of, but what, what is it? What's cause I, what, you know, that narrative I keep hearing is the, the 40 year old, the 50 year old who discovers they're on the wrong path and then fixes it. But it seems tragic that so many people are spending their first 20 years of their adulthood doing the wrong thing. Um, so, so what do you think we can, can be done either individually or as a society to accelerate that so we don't have to all be lost for 20 years before we can, mm-hmm. can find yeah. it? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, individually, there's, it's, it's time for reckoning. Like it's mm-hmm. just time for reckoning. And I think this is true for younger men, the Gen Zs. And I think it's true for like, you know, even the boomers out there in the world that might be listening. It's time for reckoning with the fact that you have deeper values than you're probably aware of. And you have a deeper relationship to those values. And life can be lived in alignment with what you really care about. You don't have to follow the script of what society tells you to be. We're at that point. The other thing that's time for a reckoning with is it's time for reckoning for men with their emotional experiences, with knowing that it's okay to be a whole human and have mind, body, and spirit, and, and to learn how to navigate our careers and our relationships and our communities with more of what I call emotional fluency. I think on an individual level, once we just start unpacking what I really care about in this world, what's vitally important to me. Who am I? What do I stand for? And we start unpacking how to navigate our emotions and our relationships. Then right away, you know, you start to make that 5, 10, 15% shift in focus and your and our lives begin to change. On a societal level, you know, I want to say I don't know or else I'd be probably in a position much more prestigious and creative than I am today. Uh, but that being said, I will make one pitch for a societal level. Um, I believe it's just time for all of us to start to orient towards liberation and love. And that might sound really hippy dippy and that might sound pretty woo woo out there if you're listening and you're more traditional. But at the end of the day, most of us are constantly working our asses off for freedom. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the freedom to feel independent, but also supported and loved in relationships and communities, 
whether it be the freedom to like live a life where our, we let our freak flag fly and we're truly authentic and we don't hide things from people at work and we don't hide things from, you know, Aunt Bessie or whatever. And, and we're also really orienting towards love. Think about the things that we do. Think about the classic like 50-year-old man who's kicked ass professionally, who's built a seven-figure business, and he's got a bunch of cars, he's got a big house. If he can tell me that he didn't do all of that essentially to create a life where he's admired and loved and secure and safe, uh, I think he's lying, right? <laughs> so it's just time to get honest with ourselves. We always, all of us, especially in our Western world, are orienting towards freedom and love. So what does that mean on a bigger picture level? Uh, there is an extraordinary amount of human beings on this planet that have been systemically oppressed. Like mm -hmm. we can argue it politically or not, but we can also just look at the realities of life. People have been oppressed for thousands of years. And so it's time for someone like me, like a middle-aged, middle-class white guy, to actually realize that us creating internal liberation, us creating an alignment with our values, us creating a relationship with love is actually something that will liberate others because everything we do will start to change and everything we create will start to change. And the need for power and the need for, you know, actually unconsciously oppressing others and dominating others, it slowly starts to disappear when we feel like we have the freedom to be who we want to be and we feel like we know how to create, give and get the love we want. So that is something that I, I know it's like very big picture pie in the sky, but we have to just start creating opportunities for men to be more honest and to orient towards love and freedom and collective liberation, which, you know, that the social justice movements that are out there in the world that are making big splashes, that's what they're all about. They're not actually about any one particular, you know, group or identity politics having more than others. It's really about everyone being liberated because all of us have some ways been oppressed at like a, a soul level, mm -hmm. at a consciousness level, at a psychological level to fit into the box of what the world has told us we need to be. Yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying with the, the idea of, wanting freedom and, and you know love especially if you look at it as the opposite of fear yeah uh, if people are operating from fear that's when they're that's when they want to you know close the borders and close the close the walls and yeah. and and watch out he's going to take my thing i need my freedom don't right. don't tell me what to do you know you, you see a lot of people especially over the last couple of years really really you know letting their fear flag fly yeah right. not the free flag their fear flag and just, just running around in absolute abject terror, although they're trying to look tough because when you're scared, right. you want to look really big and bad. You know, I'm scared. Yeah. Don't hurt me. I'll fight you. Don't hurt me. Not the face. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, but, you know, people who are are operating from a position of love uh, and they're, they're less afraid. Um, and it's amazing how fear tends to attract danger. Mm -hmm. When you operate from love, less people want to hurt you. They like you better. When you operate yeah. from fear, more people want to hurt you. You're paying the butt. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is so true. You know, where, how we, that's why I say we got to shift the orientation because I don't have a plan. I'm not a systems thinker, to be honest with you. I don't know how to change the world, but I do know that when people orient towards different human desires that we have from the dominance and control to the love and the freedom and, and the connection and the creation for all. Mm -hmm. Things just start to shift, whether it be that we attract 
you know, energetically different things, or whether it be that we just take different actions and use different language and, and hang around different people because of that automatic orientation shift. So that's, that to me is something that all of us can do is to reorient towards what we truly value, not what we told, we were told we need to value so that we can be yep. successful and safe and loved. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and often the people telling us are saying it from a position of fear uh, mm-hmm. or regret. You know, I wish I'd done this, so you should do this. Or I'm afraid that you'll make me look bad if you don't do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you always want to consider, like, who's telling you and why and where are you getting that from? Or maybe that I'm telling you on purpose. Like when you told your story about internalizing anxiety that people weren't even trying to give you. No. You just yeah. saw that and said, oh, that must be the way the world is. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we have to question it, challenge it, poke at who we are, what we think, because we were... We were injected. We were mm-hmm. injected with our beliefs. We were injected with our way of seeing the world. We were injected with a lot of our unconscious behaviors before we knew how to create them ourselves and before we could consent, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So changing yep. it up, I'd take a deep, hard look. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, there's, I, I love these concepts you're sharing and kind of this, mm-hmm. this direction. Someone maybe hopefully is hearing this and being like, oh, I have been, been injected with a lot of beliefs. And we only have so much time to really dive into them here. But if someone wants to go deeper with you and learn more, um, mm-hmm. what, what would be the next step to kind of walk down this path that, that you're, you're taking us all on? Yeah. Well, you know, if you're looking for creating change in your life, I've been really passionate the last year or two in supporting men that want to do a very different life path, right? So I got the guy who sold the business he'd had in the family for three generations and now has a bunch of money and wants to figure out how to become a consultant for family businesses so that they can mm-hmm. do their, their like emotional work together and make the business more profitable. You know, I've got a client who's a young guy who's trying to like piece together a life living, living this remote world where he's coaching and he's writing and he's doing plant medicine ceremonies. I mean, he's just like creating a life from five separate income streams. So if you wanted to figure out how to break free and walk a non-traditional path in this world and combine your values and your passions into the way you walk through life and not have to live a traditional career, then I'd love for you to reach out. Uh, you can find me at joebernsteincoaching.com. Um, or another place I hang out is on Facebook. There's a Facebook group that I've got a bunch of great people in called Drop the Armor Dojo, where we practice choosing love over fear, courage over comfort, and creation over consumption all the time. Really good community. So those are two ways that people can just reach out, connect and find out more. I am a real human. Uh, you can Facebook message me. I will respond. Nice. I'm slow and, I can be kind of slow on social media. So give me a couple of days, but, but I'll be there with you to actually connect with any questions about what you heard or if you're interested in finding out more about my work. I love that. Yeah. And, and if you're listening to this and this is inspiring you, you know, what often happens is the podcast, you listen and maybe you're driving or walking the dog or whatever. And then mm-hmm. the podcast ends and it goes on to the next thing and, and you forget about it. But if this, if this is interesting, if this is catching your attention, you know, go on Facebook right now, pull the car over, go on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash group slash drop the armor dojo mm-hmm. or search, just search for drop the armor dojo. You no, know, join that group or go to, go to, uh, JoeBernsteinCoaching.com, and I assume you have a contact form or something. Absolutely, on yeah. there. So you know, go there, fill out the form. You know, don't don't do it tomorrow when you because you'll have completely forgotten that you listen to this mm-hmm. podcast by tomorrow. If this is something <laughs> that's that's interesting, you take action right now. Uh, I definitely encourage you to do that. And if it's not, you know, then by all means, let it go on to the next one and and uh, 
go listen to other podcasts. That's fine too. But <laughs> if, if you're thinking, Oh, I do want to know more about this, like do it now. Don't wait because you won't, there is no later. You don't do it later. That does not happen. That, that True. definitely does not connect. So True. Uh, I definitely encourage you to do that. Yeah. One of my first coaches, Oh, hey, look, one of the first things he said is like, you'll transform in this program. If you understand one concept, speed to action. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm actually about helping people slow down, especially men slow down, feel, be more conscious, make choices that are aligned with values. But when you want to make change and you want to go after something, the quicker you say yes to it, you know, the speed to action is still very powerful. So yes. Good, good advice, Michael. Yep. Yeah. The, the longer you go, the more you're going to first forget, but then also be like, oh, I don't know. Do I have time to join this Facebook group? Do I really want to talk to him? I don't know. His beard is awfully intimidating. My beard is not that nice. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you, know uh, you, you, you overthink it. Um, and you know, that's why speed action is great. Before you get yeah. the chance to get in your head and go run around in circles, just do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Take the action. See where it goes. Um, you know, staying still definitely doesn't get you where you want to go. Take an action just might. So, well, Joe, it's been fantastic to have you on the show. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, and I, I love the, the energy you have. And I think you're bringing a very important message, um, especially, you know, a, a lot of men are, are, I think, struggling with a lot of different things and struggling with not even knowing how to struggle. They're not allowed to feel it. So true. I feel the feelings in me mm-hmm. too much. Uh, and, and so it's really great that you're saying this and doing this. I think you're doing some great work in the world. So I'm glad that I could help share your message and hopefully many of our listeners will benefit from it. So thank you so much for being on here. Well, thank you. I'm very grateful. This has been the guy who knows a guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect jv-connect.com that's jv-connect.com december 12th and 13th 2023 we'll see you there